straight into it yeah yeah um, i think so all right so how are you doing i'm good i'm good uh when was the last time we did this oh i think it was i think it might have been during the summer yes but it might have been even or you thought it was, was it even but you thought it was very it funny that i was recording in my then back garden oh and it was yeah, getting darker was... and darker right now. <laughs> <laughs> just because i had a mental image in my head of you sitting outside and for some reason i don't know why in my head you're wearing a tinfoil hat well. i don't why? Don't you judge me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that, so I was thinking that was it was taking me so long to get ready. So here. it would have been like so, because what, June or July then, wouldn't it? Oh, it must have yeah, been. Yeah. It could have even been before that. Yeah. yeah, because we talked about, I can't even remember what we talked yeah, about yeah. now, but yeah, it was at least six months ago. But yeah, remember at the time we were kind of sitting thinking, we're coming out yeah, of it now. It's light it's, at the end of the tunnel. It shouldn't be too much yeah. more of this carry on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. It yeah, just... the, fir the first lockdown was kind of, it was almost a bit of a novelty. Yeah, and now it was. it's just like... And people were feeling so good about themselves and how, how virtuous <laughs> yeah. they were. And, you know, giving people a wide <laughs> berth on the street and, you know, yeah. and just, you know, thinking you were like some kind of, I don't know, uh, saviour because you're wearing a mask and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. but now like, I'm, I, I don't know, it's definitely, there's not as many people around at the moment, but definitely people have given up largely on the washing of the hands for what i can say oh, yeah. not as popular yeah. as it once was um yeah. so yeah it's, it is i don't know <laughs> they got bored of that very yeah. quickly <laughs> make any difference. <laughs> still have to stay home but well one thing i've noticed is people are very you know eager to kind of hand things over now whereas you know before it was very oh, like yeah. oh you can't touch something yeah. and then give it over to somebody else without washing it down but i've just noticed recently it's like that's not a thing yeah. anymore people just keep handing things yeah, to each I think, other yeah, I think stop it was, handing me things it was kind of like beforehand it was like if you needed to give something to somebody they would leave it in a field on one night the <laughs> yeah. following night yeah. you could come and collect it yeah. <laughs> you know? but now it's well, just yeah, here take it you know yeah because at one stage i I, I wanted to send my father that book sapiens so okay. because i touched it i left it for three days oh no sorry no i didn't because then i would have to touch it again <laughs> anyway but I, I posted it to him right. and then i told him don't touch this for three days after you get it <laughs> like it was like it was a bomb or but something. is that something we've kind of we overestimated like the how long it, the virus lives on surfaces and stuff like that where we kind of over mm. we're being Possibly. overly cautious i mean unless the book is kind of moving across the table on its own i mean it's probably <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of, that's probably the kind of talk that's going to get me killed or something but yeah. <laughs> yeah. he just wouldn't leave that book alone and that's how he died yeah. Yeah. just kept touching that book <laughs> couldn't wait two days three days but <laughs> yeah. yeah it's i don't know I, I like i was in shops today and you know people are there's a kind of a gesture towards keeping your distance a little bit but we're at level five we were at level five the last time and i remember queuing up outside shops to get into there doesn't seem to be that anymore mm. or people have just got no. a bit more clued in about when to shop and how and you know yeah maybe yeah that the, the line thing seems to have gone except for tesco and swords for some reason tesco and swords they're keeping that line going right. every time you go there there's always a big queue outside but it's kind of nice because i suppose it yeah. means that but actually no something. it's not but, 
because for what where they make people stand though is in this it's in this like it's like a wind tunnel <laughs> when you go in there it's so cold and yeah. so windy so if it's already cold night and then you have to stand in this line and it's yeah. just like all the wind in the area yeah. comes in through that particular to discourage people from going. lingering i guess you know you, re- you really <laughs> yeah. want stuff here you're gonna have to yeah. suffer for it but uh, yeah i mean I'm, i haven't really i'm largely doing the same things i was doing before i'm always washing my hands i'm always keeping my distance but I have yeah. noticed a lot of people just going, you know, slacking off. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I think when I, something goes on this long, eventually people are just like, oh, yeah. I can't keep this <laughs> Everyone up. Everyone else can sort it out. I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the herd immunity come, kicks in for people. They just kind of go, well, if everyone else takes care of it, I'll just benefit from it later on, you know. But, Definitely, um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's... Like, it seems like um, we're coming up on a year anniversary of the first lockdown. Mm. And I think we'll still be in one. I don't think we'll be. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it does seem like that. The, the the deadline for when things are going back to normal seems to be pushed further yeah. and further. And I think they're going to probably keep adjusting it to kind of not have us expect normal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, think, I think it's yeah. just that normal is gone, you know. And you kind of think, we're, yeah, like we're we're having conversations we had six months ago, seven months ago. But it's it's, you know, the idea of I was watching Euphoria last night and there was a party scene mm-hmm. in that. And I was going, Jesus, parties! Remember those? I know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just you know. <laughs> And I mean, in those parties, they Especially were doing, those kind of yeah, parties. they were doing nothing. They yeah. stopped the transmission of anything. I tell you, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I just don't see it changing. Anytime yeah, when soon. I see people hugging now in in shows and things yeah, like that, I, go, I think, ah, oh, remember yeah. when we could hug remember people, human contact. hug strangers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How good it was. Yeah, like night, nightclubs and things like that. I don't know when. I, like, I can't see a time ever at the, in the foreseeable future where nightclubs the way they were will, will be back yeah, again. Yeah, just, I mean, there's so many things. I, I can't even see gigs happening the way they did before. And, yeah. You know. That's a pity. That's probably the thing I, I miss the most in a way is being able yeah. to go to gigs. I'm trying to think like the that. last one I went to. I, I can't even remember it. But it's, uh, yeah, it just strikes me as kind of, yeah, just forget about all those things, you know, going to the cinema, mm. going to, you know. Yeah, the cinema, yeah. yeah. I, I went to a couple of uh, movies during the summer. They were showing, um, in the break in lockdown they were showing uh older movies in lighthouse cinema so i oh, saw right. um the thing i saw oh. the first lord of the rings movie which is the only one i can right. kind of like you know do there's i kind of I yeah can do it. i've never seen i think those that's again. the only one i've seen yeah it's the kind of, but kind yeah, of the yeah i think it's one, the best yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah. The, one, the only one that ends where you kind of go yeah that's plenty i don't need to see anymore <laughs> you know? yeah. and i saw some like it hot which was great um, oh yeah and it was one of those films i've seen so many times that and it was pristine it was but i really mm-hmm. really enjoyed it didn't laugh once because it's kind of aged oh. quite a bit and i yeah, know it so well, well but it's still great you know it's, yeah it's still really yeah good. funny you say that because this week it's not the lighthouse but because we're supposed to be correcting this mm. week and i'm like a child and i can't <laughs> correct all day long unless i have some sort of treat no, you have to have a reward it, so. now more than ever <laughs> Yeah. so so i decided that every night this week i would i would make myself stop at a certain make myself stop correcting <laughs> at a certain time and i would watch one kind of classic film right, that okay. every night that a lot of people have seen that i sort of should have seen yeah, by now yeah. and they're not always older but some of them are um 
that I haven't seen by now that I'm going to see. So it's things like, say, Before Sunrise mm-hmm. that everyone I know has seen, but yeah, I've never yeah. seen it. And I've heard so much about it. So that was the first one. And then last night, so some of them are, are older than others, but I was looking up other ones uh, that I wanted to watch. And I was thinking about older films. And I was thinking that, actually. I was thinking, yeah, I know they're probably really good, but I just have this feeling that I'm not going to find them as right, funny yeah, yeah, <laughs> or as yeah. good as the people. That, even though it's, I don't have anything against older films, but I do think even with comedies like that, like I've seen some like it hot and I loved mm. it. I, I really did yeah, like yeah. it, but it, it's, it, I, even watching it now, maybe ten years after I yeah. watched it the first time, I, I don't think it would have the same well, it, effect. Yeah, anymore. and we've all been kind of um, comedy has moved on so much since then. And I saw that film when I was mm. a kid, and I loved it, you know. But you know, so much has happened since then, and it's really enjoyable, and it, it's it's definitely worth a, a rewatch. It's it's a quicker yeah. film than I thought it was. It really zips along. Okay, um, that's good. Uh, but yeah, it's really enjoyable. But it's it's one of those things where I, I thought I was going to be laughing my head off, but I wasn't at all. So it was right, great to see yeah. movies again, and they were very good about it. There was a big space around you, but you're kind of going, "This is brilliant," but not if you own the place. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. this can't be good. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think a lot of things are going to change between in the next couple of years about how we, you know, interact. Yeah, but also how we enjoy, you know, media, whether it's movies or. Uh, like a, a friend of mine in a band called Squarehead, a really good band. They did a gig in the mm-hmm. Workman's Club recently, but there was no one there. They just streamed it, you know, oh, streamed right. video of it online. And I watched it and it was great. And I was just, but all I could think of how much I would love to be there, you know? I know, because yeah. music, especially, that's kind of something you have to see. Yeah. It's so much better yeah. when you see it live. Like, that is really one of the things. But they would just finish. Yeah, they would just finish the song and then kind of awkwardly look around you know yeah. more than more than usual but um yeah it, it, it was great to see it but it just really made you yearn for being able to be there you know um yeah. so will we but they got over the spanish flu when you know yeah. you think about how bad the spanish flu oh, yeah. was and eventually things went back to yeah normal, i guess so absolutely. after a while it just it just that's what i keep thinking yeah yeah exactly <laughs> way worse flu. things came and went you know um yeah. but i think uh it's just maddening when you see people who won't do anything do you know that they won't wear a mask mm. or they won't this i know and that's like, and it, that's you just feel like saying what would it take you know for you to yeah. actually do something you know <laughs> it's just well they would probably have to get it or somebody yeah. very very close to them I, I would imagine would have to get it yeah and it's just i have to stay away from things like um even there's, there's people on tiktok ranting about it. and think about tiktok if you watch it for a couple of minutes something will pop up to annoy you you can just flick on for right. it as well but there's constant reminders about how unwilling to help some people are and it's just maddening you know um will we press on with our our our, our content yes after our our, uh, rant let it all that out um (laughs) so we have a few things to talk about today will we Mm -hmm. i guess people will know from having a look at the the description if they have you know but uh we're going to talk about ripper first maybe yeah and then the nobody's own and then our and our album. album will we leave the album a secret <laughs> actually it's going to be right. in the description it'll be in the description for the for shane <laughs> yeah. when he when he reads this he's yeah. our only listener oh actually that that reminds me actually we have one new listener oh, nice. that i have to give a shout out to this might be the so only podcast uh, who mentions a new listener you know? yeah <laughs> one, new listener. one day we'll be past this 
Go on. So um, his name is Matthew, uh, Maddie B. And he, I asked, I told him ages ago about the podcast and he did listen to one of our episodes and he said he really liked oh, it good. and he was going to listen the next time and I promised him I'd give him a shout out. Nice. Now he gave me a specific shout out to say, I've completely forgotten it because that was months ago. <laughs> but anyway, just shout out to Maddie B. Yeah. And then I suppose we probably need to give a shout out to our, you know, constant listeners, Shane yeah. and Anne, my friend oh, nice. Anne and Karen nice. and Karen. And good luck, Karen. She'll, she'll know what I mean by that. All right. anyway. <laughs> she'll anybody, know what you mean by that cryptic <laughs> message of good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she you knows. Have to say it with a wink, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, anybody you'd like to give a shout out Jesus. to? Jesus, no, no. That, that <laughs> they can to all this go podcast. to hell. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> not enough of them listen to it. That's the problem. Um, but true, uh, true. Yeah. So uh, Ripper was the first thing we said that we would yeah. we would discuss. So mm-hmm. I have prepared. A snappy intro. Uh, The Ripper is a British crime documentary series released by Netflix in December 2020. Told over four episodes, it recounts the events in the mid to late 70s surrounding the murders of 13 women in West Yorkshire and Manchester. Originally titled Once Upon a Time in Yorkshire, directors Jesse Vile and Elena Wood changed the title to The Ripper despite objections from the families of the murdered women and the surviving victims. Have Vile and Wood created something that rises above its salacious title, or is it what the participants had hoped for, a film that focuses on the victims rather than the killer? One of the most cunning killers they've ever had to trace. Could I have done more? Should I have done more? Police are investigating the discovery of a woman's body. 28-year-old Wilma McCann. People read in the newspaper that prostitutes being killed. They shrug and move on. It was desperate times. It just seemed to be a one-off murder. Another body was found. This was the ultimate crime against women. They had a similar type of injuries to a legendary Victorian killer. The so-called Yorkshire Ripper. The police inferred if you were not a prostitute, then you were fine. The Yorkshire Ripper has struck again. Unlike the previous victims, she was no prostitute. My God. Any woman was at risk. This murder changed everything. The anger was now at boiling point. Five years is too long. If they haven't caught him yet, I don't think they ever will. He had successfully hoodwinked an entire police force. The police were actually excluding evidence. You cannot conceive of what it was like. I'm the I thought they will never catch him. Never. Ever. He controlled us all. He was the last person in the world that you'd have suspected. Did you... Uh, watch it all in one, pretty much one go or did you space it out or what did you do? I, I watched it I think over it was only over two nights mm. or something like that it was all pretty quick and I, I really I did enjoy I don't even know if I should say enjoy I thought I thought it was great but it was I thought it was it was a tougher watch than I thought it would mm. be just in that in the amount of detail that they go yeah. into about the murders and like I had heard of the Yorkshire before just the name mm. but I didn't know anything about him I didn't know anything about the man which actually it was great because I didn't even know when I watched the documentary I went in kind of completely cold as in I didn't know whether this person was caught or not mm. I didn't know anything oh about that's the case good yeah, yeah 
Yeah, so that so that was great, and I didn't look up anything yeah. either. So I didn't know anything. I didn't know his name, or I can see his name now, Peter Sutcliffe, and mm. uh, but I didn't know whether he was going to be captured or what, because you hear about these, but kind of like the Zodiac, where yeah, you know yeah. that there's these murders and they're never found. Yeah. So, and um, that was um that was kind of that was one of the best things about it for me. But it's it's almost yeah, it feels strange because I'd read that as well about that the the victims had protested about the name. Yeah. I can understand where they're coming from because the Ripper it is it is a, a little bit exploitative and a mm. little bit tabloidy I suppose but I think the way it was done though I think the way yeah. they made the documentary yeah. it wasn't no. like that at all and I think that's the, the 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 push and pull I guess for the, the the filmmakers in that they set about making this thing called Once Upon a Time in Yorkshire which mm. you know you know you put Once Upon a Time in front of anything and it, it kind of misleads as to what it's about it's got that yeah. fairy tale obviously connotation mm-hmm. to it but I you know as as people who kind of were educators and media and stuff like that so we we kind of understand you know the the, the need maybe for a, a catchier more attractive yeah. title now maybe there's something mm-hmm. between the two that could have been done but uh and again the, the 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 film is problematic in a way not problematic but there's there's an issue in the film in that it, it um you know the way the media at the time latched on to this Ripper aspect of it, and, mm-hmm. and they were so eager to compare it to the to the to Jack the Ripper and all of that stuff. You know, and they, yes. they really it was one of the first kind of tabloidy um, murder cases that was covered in England. And you know, at a time when um, uh, there was a lot of depression around the country, there was a recession underway and mass unemployment and stuff like that. So it was a miserable time in England. And mm. for this huge miserable story to be to be functioning, and uh, people really latched onto it. But I think it was, um, I mean, there was. I read something before about how, how the, the argument was that the Jack the Ripper case and its coverage in in the media at the time was the first modern kind of tabloid story, almost in a way. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. then here's a, here's a, and again, it's just a way to sell newspapers. It's just you know, yeah. it's the way they latch onto it. But uh, I think you're absolutely right. The the the, the product, the end product, is not as as um, you know uh, salacious as you might think it would be. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but I yeah. think that's an amazing thing that you were able to watch this not knowing that much about it. This is where your youth has saved you for. You know. Uh, yeah. So did you? You knew well, a was, lot. Did you know a lot about the I case already? I was ten when he was caught. You know, it was okay. nineteen. Why well, was oh, it in nineteen eighty? Right. He was caught. I think yeah, it was I think so. Yeah, so yeah. I would have been ten. And uh, right, so okay. it's it's. Um, and do you remember it? Happening? I kind of do. I, I do, and it was what I. The thing that really struck me about the documentary was just the. Um, and it's shameful to think that you'd only realize this now, but I think the documentary kind of put it across very well. Just the misogyny at the heart of it all, how it was yeah. so quick to brand these women as prostitutes, whether they were or oh, not, yeah. and as if it mattered mm. whether they were prostitutes. Yeah. You know, as if it. I know. You know, and it, it was just. Yeah, and then even after that, then when they, when they, he had, um, it was when he uh, murdered a woman who wasn't a prostitute, and the way they spoke. Yeah, about that, that changed everything. Media. He's not just yeah, going after she, prostitutes anymore. Yeah, just, I think they actually at one stage used the term innocent. Yeah, woman, exactly. As if those yeah, yeah, other yeah. women weren't yeah, innocent, absolutely. and it was it was absolutely crazy and that, that was one of the things I really liked about the documentary because it kind of seemed like I suppose like all good really good documentaries obviously it was about the particular subject but then there was layers underneath that then in terms of when they were talking I think it was episode three three anyway was one of my the first episode was one of my favorites but also episode three where 
they had they were showing the reclaim the night mm. protests and it really became more about violence against women yeah, male yeah, yeah. violence and in particular against women and just this idea that women are meant to feel like you know they they should you know whatever you do don't go outside yeah, and, and you yeah. know if you're going outside make sure it's with a man and, yeah. and, and all this sort of stuff as if it's like like just that, that they didn't feel like they had the right mm. to go outside and walk around freely like every other yeah, man exactly. is able to do yeah. like I, yeah but also so the, it was kind of the kind of the implication was that you know don't say we didn't warn you or we'll have no sympathy yeah. for you if it happens. You know? yeah. And it was just, yeah. <clears throat> but I think it was uh, what I what I really liked about it and what a lot of good documentaries do, like the OJ documentary that we watched was the way they kind of position it socially and economically in, in the times, you know, they give you this great amount of yeah. background to what was happening in the country at the time and stuff like that. But what I was, it kind of showed as well how, how slowly attitudes change because when... Jack the Ripper allegedly killed five. There's a part of me kind of thinks with the Jack the Ripper thing that there wasn't a Jack the Ripper. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there might have been a person. There might have been. Yeah, it seems like it was possibly done by various people. Or maybe there was one or two by him. Or they're combining two sets of murders to make one person and this Victorian bogeyman kind of thing. No, not to discount, but my point is that the, the, uh, the women who were killed at the time were treated no better after their death than the women 78 years it was 1897 yeah. or so was the, the yeah, Jack Ripper that's done. True. so the attitude yeah. toward women had not moved on one bit because there no. was just these were prostitutes they don't matter as much as yeah and it's kind of that that idea of yeah that well they're putting themselves yeah. in danger so Does what it, do you expect and this whole idea of if, if a woman is attacked sexually attacked or, or raped the 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 uh, the uh, the cliched question of well what were you wearing what were you doing it's mm. on your behavior is somehow brought this on yourself you know yeah but the idea that it was only when an innocent woman was attacked that this is when people were going well this is serious we, we, we started know? to yeah um, we started to get scared and really started to take notice yeah. of it yeah and I thought uh, I thought it was um, and again I guess because you had a different experience watching it because you didn't know if he'd been caught I was kind of watching it kind of going what episode are they going to catch him in and right. how much you know where are they going to split this between pre and post capture you know and i think yeah. it was the third episode he was caught was it or is it this the there end was, of the how many episodes? There was four there, there was only four yeah. episodes i think it might have been only the final one was it at the very end of the third yeah episode. i think that's right yeah, yeah yeah because that was one of the things i really liked about it was that because i i find sometimes with true crime documentaries first of all sometimes they do kind of play up the the the, the brutal mm. side of it and the yeah, murder yeah, side yeah, of it because yeah. i suppose that's what people are interested in and the victims kind of become a sideline almost yeah, in a way whereas yeah. with this even though the name again i suppose it, is a, it could be argued that it's a little bit exploitative i think they didn't do that no. at all i think they spent a long time on the victims and they only spent you know an episode mm. on him and they didn't mention anything that happened to him after you know he was put in prison yeah. or anything like that that was one of the things that i i really liked well i think one of those guys and um with that guy sorry Sutcliffe and I don't know if you saw the drama the three part drama thing called Des that was on oh no but it's I read really about good. that it's really good yeah. but what what you're kind of confronted with at, at the end of, of the documentary and, and the, again the drama with, with uh, called Des just the, how banal these people are how ordinary mm. and how you know unimpressive they are in some ways do you yeah. know what i mean and it and it's just yeah. and again it, that's something kind of worse about that that they are so ordinary and 
you know they're not yeah, obviously just... monsters and stuff you know yeah so uh, I, I think they did a really good job of that and also the idea that i don't i don't think you could have made this thing without referring to the ripper or using the term the yeah. archer ripper because that's yeah. what he was called in, in the papers and they were mm -hmm. very quick to kind of point out that you know any comparisons that they were drawing between the two were they were really trying to force that the newspapers were really trying to create this evil figure they could sell papers on not that it's not a newsworthy yeah. story but they had a they had an angle on it that they were working you know? oh yeah definitely and yeah uh, yeah but but i couldn't believe there was just a couple of things that like i couldn't believe it first of all the, the, how much evidence now i know it's so easy to say mm -hmm. you know oh well well if i was a detective yeah, i yeah. would have done this or the police did this or whatever else and i know kind of like the nobody's own podcast which, which we're going to mm. talk about in a minute that where it's a to it was a totally different time of policing where there were no computers mm. everything was being done by hand like when they were talking about the fact that they had to what they had to get a whole other warehouse or something for all the paperwork that oh no the the, the floor was yeah, about to yeah. collapse with yeah. the, the weight of all the paperwork so i understand it was completely different time it was a lot tougher mm. then probably yeah, yeah. in some ways to track people but it just seems like there was so much evidence that they skipped over because they just kept going after they had one idea in mind yeah, about yeah. who this person was and the fact that they interviewed him so many times i thought that was really yeah. good as well but they left that piece of information which is such a big piece of information but the fact that they interviewed him so many yeah. times and actually yeah. went back to his house i can't remember the reason why they discounted him though i am um, they interviewed him something like seven times or something yeah i can't remember why they discounted it either and i don't think they they dwelled on it in the in the program so much or they weren't given a proper explanation as to why that happened but i think it, mm. it's it's it is down to things like not being able to cross-reference things as easily as yeah. you would like and um, yeah yeah excuse me we had um, a power cut here the other day and um and i remember thinking oh yeah now i'll just go on my phone and i'll do this and you can't even know power mm -hmm. you don't you know you, you the internet's yeah. down you don't have it but just how how dependent we are on it and just how even when it's gone we still think we can use it but and we, we think of ourselves as detectives in that time we don't yeah. really have any sense of what that would involve the amount of legwork that we have to do and there was one i can't remember the woman's name the reporter who was working she was kind of following the case do you remember and she was saying oh, that the yeah, newspaper the had yeah, the they had journalist. a car and you could mm -hmm. go get yeah. it and maybe drive to to a location yeah. and you know maybe do an interview or whatever then you'd have to come back and you know you'd have to transfer your notes you didn't have a recorder you know and stuff like that yeah so yeah. but just just i was thinking actually for hers i remember her mentioning yeah. that the fact that she was going out at nighttime by herself when there was yeah, the serial yeah. killer in the air. I was thinking to myself, why wow, that is, that's actually quite a dangerous <laughs> yeah, exactly. job that she's and, doing there, just going out by herself. And in a way, we, we, you know, it's a job that, that can be done at more of a distance these days and it has to be, I guess, yeah. particularly these days. But it's just the, mm. the, the danger she was putting herself in. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. But then I suppose a lot of journalists actually in and in, it's a totally separate, but, you know, the capital attacks, the attacks that happened recently in uh, um, the capital in, yeah, in America. Yeah. And uh, I was watching a video where they stormed the building and, you know, when these people stormed the building mm. and there was, the, you know, this video that's going around about the policeman who oh. who tricked people and uh, tricked them into running after him so that he could protect the, the Senate. Oh, no, I didn't see that. No. And, well, yeah. So apparently he kind of tricked them, you know, to, to go one way so that. 
um, he, they wouldn't they, they would go up a different okay. staircase and he was he saved a couple other people by doing that but uh, I saw in the middle of that that there was because uh, these people you know they really did seem like they were out to hurt people oh, and then yeah. in the middle of all this commotion so he and he basically um, walked them into this room where there was a whole load of p- other police there so he basically like kind of lured yeah, them yeah. into a room where they were captured by police but in the middle of all this commotion there was this guy just walking around really casually taking photos yeah, yeah. of everything you know the way we had all these photos <laughs> yeah, yeah. come out afterwards uh, about, about with those people and I was thinking yeah why there's still people like that who are there you know in the middle like in the middle of wars or yeah, yeah. attacks or something where you know you have all these police and everything and then you just have this one person walking around just getting Got photos or getting a yeah. video or whatever uh, Krista Ackroyd yeah. was the name of that, that uh, reporter who um, okay yeah, so just just to mention her name but she I thought she was brilliant right, in yeah. it I thought she was she mm. was a great kind of voice in the whole thing I I yeah. I, I really enjoyed the um the way they they used the the footage from the time and stuff like that and but you, do you remember there was press conferences when they caught him uh and um just how pleased they were with themselves and as you can understand it but they there was just something about it which was they just something about the way they went about the case and they ignored so many things and they just fluked that mm-hmm. win but they looked like yeah. they were they were thinking of themselves like Sherlock Holmes or something that they were just oh, practicing. Yeah. And it was just that the, the yeah. kind of, and, and that, that reporter I think had been bringing information to them, kind of saying, you're looking in the wrong place, you know, you're doing mm. the wrong, and you know, and, uh, but they just completely ignored her. And I thought that they really struck a great balance between the, um, you know, partially the incompetence, partially the uh mm-hmm. you know the limits of what they could do as an investigator but also how they ignored good information just because it came from a, a female source you know um, oh yeah totally yeah. like they really didn't shy away from you know not putting the blame well i suppose putting the blame on the police force in a way or just really highlighting yeah, yeah. some places where they really fell down but definitely there seemed to be a lot of hidden and not so yeah. hidden sexism there was because it was coming from a particular source or they just had a particular narrative yeah. in mind that they wanted to follow and they just forgot about everything else the other thing that i couldn't get over and again i know it's easy to say this but just the fact that they took those letters and the voice mail that was sent in the, the tape that was sent in at face value oh yeah and just yeah. assumed yeah. that it was genuine yeah. like even, i know it's so easy when you're watching it but when you were watching because it, it kind of seemed like it might be it and i was thinking but this probably isn't him because it's so clearly his voice and I know there have been you know serial killers in the past who have written into mm. the police and you know the, a lot of the time they, the type of people they are they do want recognition yeah, and all that yeah. sort of stuff but it just seemed crazy that they, but also, they just took wasn't that. He, he had a Geordie accent which is mm. the other side of the country from where these murders were happening but they yeah. just relentlessly pursued the Geordie and even getting that dialect guy expert in yeah. and he had to narrow down to like three houses that it could possibly be yeah. you know he basically had to narrow down to a road didn't he that this mm. yeah it was yeah, and as soon as I saw him I was must have spent on you that. know but it, it was yeah. it was amazing just to see it like that but um and also I was struck by just how I don't I don't mean this in a judgmental way but just how wrecked everybody looked back then they were just they just looked now i know they're working on a murder investigation but everybody looked terrible and terrible hair and like the, this must i think you can tie pin down the invention of conditioner 
to this was right. before the invention of conditioner. So much dry hair. But it, right. it, I didn't know. Uh, it's just an observation, fact, I guess. Oh, do you know, I I didn't actually notice that. And that, that reminds me when we started watching it, you text me and said something about dry hair. And I, I didn't know. I didn't know what you meant. And then I was thinking, right, this is obviously something that happens in episode two. Uh, because you said something about hair. I said so much dry hair or something. In the... Right. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't know. Like, and I, I kind of thought, oh, is there going to be something weird happening no. in the next episode with some hair terrible, burning some hair? Some terrible crime detail with burnt hair. No, it was. <laughs> they all had hair like Van Morrison in the 70s you know that kind mm. of oh that kind of yeah, yeah like a yeah. fluffy like, yeah exactly yeah. you know like a t- one spark and it's gone up you know but yeah. it, I suppose but like by the signs of it though they were working on the case like 20 oh yeah so their hair is gonna so, suffer and, you know? and for years yeah <laughs> definitely but it, that was the other thing I was thinking as well like imagine being in that force then and that was your whole yeah. life like it would just be consumed by this but it reminded me of I'm just gonna look it up here now while we're talking about it uh did you ever see the TV uh, series called Red Riding? Red Riding Trilogy? No. So I think it's set in Yorkshire in the uh, 70s. It's three films uh, separated. They're, they're all connected, but different casts and different ones. And it's spread over something like 10 years, I think. But it has that right. horrible 70s... Uh, uh, you know this horrible feeling in the in the Ripper documentary, this dread hanging over everything. Yeah. Red writing yeah. is very much like that, and it's it's worth a look. Right. It's 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 very very good. Um, it's about. Is it about the same it's, case? No, not not about the same case, but it it has parallels with that. You know, it's okay. um it's it, it's bad. It starts off with the disappearance, or sorry, the, the finding of a, a murder victim and just how okay. how police corruption and organized crime and the media and stuff like that all conspire to kind of keep it a secret and but it it's yeah. uh it's very good very good okay uh, i must look that yeah, up yeah it's uh set over yeah nine ten years yeah very good I don't, i'm not sure where you'd see okay. it now but it's uh i'm sure it's it, red writing yeah, very good red writing trilogy yeah. right worth okay. a look i yeah. might i can add that into yeah. my my list of things yeah it's, it's great it's, it's like three week. 90 minute films i think that's great cast it's like patty considine okay. is in it and uh, loads of other uh, Rebecca Hall, she's great, and Eddie Mars, and you know that guy, and David Marcy, really great, great cast, you know. So right, really okay. worth a look. Great. Um, okay, okay, so yeah, we're recommending that one. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely recommend. I think it's like it's a like I've recommended it to a couple of other people, and I find women in particular have gotten back to me saying, "Oh, this is a really, it's quite a tough yeah, watch." Actually, I think I because they do go into so much detail about yeah. what happened to the victims, and they and you know, and the first victim was a mother. I'm sure there was, you know, he killed thirteen people. There was probably mm. more than one mother. Yeah, I can't, yeah, just can't absolutely. remember at the moment. But just even talking to a son, and, and you know, the effect that it had on him, and yeah, so I think it's a tough yeah, watch absolutely. in some ways. But yeah, I think I I, I really like the way they. Did did and I actually thought they handled it handled it in quite a sensitive way and I didn't realize that he died actually just in recently from COVID wasn't it yeah, yeah from COVID it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah 74 there you yeah go. so um the Ripper is currently on Netflix is a podcast by RT Doxon One in Ireland and a Third Eye in Denmark. It's an eight-part true, true crime series and it is set in a forgotten London underworld where a homeless ma- Irish man kills multiple times without detection, unseen in a world where nobody seems to care. 
I'm sorry, I haven't. I don't speak out loud much these days. <laughs> Me <when> neither. I, <laughs> <do. laughs> I, I trip over my. Yeah, words. I was reading my intro earlier on, going, "Just keep going." <laughs> it's like I'm a tightrope walker over a high drop, you know. <laughs> but you know what started to happen to me recently? Sorry, I know we have to no, put in the trailer yeah, no, now. But you know what started to happen to me recently? I keep adding in H's into words that I used to do for years and had trained myself out of them. I almost did it again there, trained. I just realised how I started to do it. Anyway, so yeah, the Nobody okay. Zone. The Nobody Zone is an eight-part true, true crime podcast series. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. um, so I had sent you a, a, a message about this. I, I had seen in one of those roundup of the year podcasts of the year kind of thing you know i think the guardian had or put together their 20 best podcasts and i'd heard it quite a few of them but this is one i hadn't heard uh so i gave it a try and i think i i think i was on the second first episode and i sent it to you to have a listen to but uh mm-hmm. it's um it took me a while to get into it um in this time for the first episode i wasn't sure if i was going to go to the second one right. more, more about the delivery that took a little bit of getting used to um but we'll come to that, I guess, in a time. So it tells the story mm-hmm. of Kieran. Kieran Patrick yeah. Kelly. Yeah. So. And he. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Huh? And no, he he was um, arrested after uh, robbing a man in London, in '83, yeah. I think. Yeah, '83. And, and yeah. Uh, while while in in prison in the cells, um, he killed a man. He claims for. Mm-hmm for snoring Snoring. and he strangled him with with his socks Socks. a pair of socks he must have been very very long socks socks. like GAA socks I was thinking that yeah I was thinking they must be very long must be very thick and he must have been very strong because they kept commenting on how skinny he was so apparently he killed this guy in in the cell because he was snoring and annoying him and when he was questioned about it he apparently confessed to a string of other murders uh, mm. stretching back to 1953 I think was Three, the yeah. first one because the, the year the Queen's coronation the day of the Queen's coronation wasn't it that, yeah. he, that he apparently yeah. had killed his mm-hmm. first uh, uh, so this kind of set set in motion this um, investigation into his uh, crimes yeah. and um, so what did you make of it what did, what did you think of listening to the first episode yeah, I thought it was great. It's funny, I had the kind of opposite experience to you in that I thought the first episode was great. Oh, no, I really enjoyed really, it, but I, I, was, I wasn't yeah. sure. I enjoyed it by the end, but at the start I was kind of going, I'm not sure about this delivery. Right, yeah. so I was the total opposite in that. Um, sorry, I just dropped my note. <laughs> I, was, I, I was the total opposite in that. I loved the first episode and I loved the delivery mm. of it, actually, by that guy, Tim, Tim uh, Hinman. Hinman, yeah. Hin- I, yeah, Hinman. Yeah, I was a, yeah, a tennis player? Strange name. Yeah. <laughs> This is what he's doing now. <laughs> yeah. And he and he seemed like he he did just listening to the credits. It seemed like he did everything mm. on it. He was the narrator. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. The, he composed some of the music. He was you know he did lots yeah. of different things. So by the first the end of the first episode, I was really looking forward to listening to the next episode, which hadn't happened to me in a while in a, po- in a podcast. I can't remember the last mm. podcast I listened to. Probably West Cork, where I was Still really looking to forward to, that, to the next yeah. episode. So and I found actually my interest dipped a little bit as it went on. I think in episodes four and five maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've only listened to episode six I know there's two other ones and then it went back up again but after the first episode I just thought the way it was delivered in that kind of cockney voice it's kind of a slow delivery yeah 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 and it was all very ca- like he was just telling you the story in the yeah. pub or something i really liked that because i hadn't really heard yeah that i think it was so before and... it was so different i guess that's why initially i was kind of yeah. going 
come on, just you could go a little faster. But I, but I, by the end of it, right. I really liked it. I really liked the approach to it. Yeah. yeah. And I just love the way they set up the first mm. episode where they talk about and they have the sound of the train because the, the murder that he confessed to was the fact that he said that he pushed this man in front of a train in, in, uh, in 1953. Yeah. And uh, the way they kind of set that up and it said, imagine you're, you're, on a, you're on a train track or a platform and you see these two men and they have an Irish mm. accent and one of them just put, is pushed over the train. I could, and I could just really, I just thought the way he was yeah. Yeah. it's describing it it was so visceral and I could really really imagine what that must have been like and also and, and in a later episode then he, they also kind of started off by saying you know imagine if you're on a platform because at this stage he said that he'd done this to other yeah. people you're on a yeah. platform and this man comes up to you and you're trying to ignore him and then next thing he, he pushes you in front of the train and that really really got to me as well because that is yeah. one of my biggest yeah. fears in life being on a train platform and somebody and that's why I stay so far away from trains like, jumping I don't on the train at the last people. minute yeah <laughs> doors are barely closed yeah, pretty much i'd rather get stuck in the door than like chance somebody actually push me because like, you see these people who go right up to the oh, yellow God, line yeah, yeah. and i just think oh if you in like if you like sneezed yeah. or something and went forward in the middle of it but, i think yeah, in that yeah, des- so i have i have in that description though when he was talking about describing the scene i think the last thing he said was and the last thing you see is the driver covering their eyes kind of thing yeah like, oh, so that was yeah, a bit you know but uh, yeah. so I think I think what what happened then was in in the um, this had kind of, they kind of said that he hadn't been prosecuted for uh, he had he had admitted to a lot of crimes and then he had been let go mm-hmm. essentially hadn't he yeah because there there wasn't enough evidence all of the witnesses were people who were also um, homeless yeah so I mean, I, yeah homeless. that's what I mean in the intervening years he'd been interviewed. For, because he was hanging around the, oh, yeah. the crime scene. There were a lot yeah. of these, or allegedly, some of these things that he said he was, and he said he'd been questioned a lot. And, and yeah. I think then it went into the second episode, and it, it kind of came clear that this story had only really surfaced relatively recently. Mm, about, 2015, yeah. wasn't it? And, and, yeah. and people were going, well, how had nobody heard about this for so long? And how does this story yeah. be kept secret? And it was, I think it was largely based around a book, wasn't it? Uh, was it yeah, by Jeff, Jeff Platt. Platt. And he was, <laughs> he was, strange uh, yeah, character. he was a police officer who claims he was present at the interviews for, mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> But I think, he, as it turns out, he was really exaggerating his position, his involvement. Yeah, I think he was a, a, a junior detective, yeah. or a junior police officer, or something like that at the time. Yeah. And I think he used to drive him places, but he really wasn't as heavily yeah. involved as, as he met. But the first thing that kind of made me think about him, oh, first off, he meets this this Irish journalist, Robin Mulhern, gets involved. Yeah. I thought he was brilliant. He's great. He was fantastic. Yeah, he, I re- just the way he yeah. spoke to people, I remember thinking, God, I'd love to just actually have a conversation with him. I really like the way he kept repeating people's yeah, names. He, <laughs> you notice that? Yeah. Where he's like, and what did you think about that, Will? Yeah. And well, does that mean this, yeah. Will? And well, do you think that? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's kind of like psychology lovely. 101, isn't it? To kind of ingratiate yeah. yourself. Just keep repeating but he, people's he names. But he seemed very genuine, and I loved his voice was great as well. And he was mm. just, I just thought he was brilliant. But he made yeah. he kind of makes the connection with uh, Jeff Platt and starts to interview him. Yeah. And uh, but in in the course of interviewing him, he he arranges to meet him at a at a pub, and it just gets weird quickly. And yeah. the, the thing he said that kind of made me go, "That this guy is full of it." Was he said uh, that as a police officer, he'd be, been involved in something like five hundred 
shooting incidents yeah, in in they, three years or something like that. Yeah, or no, in, yeah, in, 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 in five years. And I was kind of mm, doing the yeah, maths on it and kind of going, number. it was, you know, that's, uh, that's uh, you know, every three days you're in some gunfight, yeah. you know, it's just... <laughs> so it, it was so strange. It was like he, you know, he probably could have got away yeah. with the fact. Well, it seemed like he, he was, you know, his, his story wasn't adding yeah. up, and, and and Rob Mulhern kind of quickly cottoned onto this and by talking to other people. But he could have gotten away with it if he just sort of, you know, toned the numbers down, the down, a, little down a little bit and just, you know. But he it, it, he basically claimed that uh, that uh, Kelly had admitted to sixteen murder murders, which he kind of later upgraded mm. to closer to thirty in his in his own head. Yeah. Yeah. But then it turns out that he didn't have as big a connection with him as uh, as he had stated. He had, he had he had been involved in transporting him from different places and had spoken mm-hmm. to him there. Yeah. And he got some kind of commendation for his participation in it. But he was a junior. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if detective is the word, but he was a junior officer, certainly in this. And, no, and he overplayed yeah. his kind of involvement in it. But there's a great moment when he's when Rob Mulhern comes back to him to kind of fact check a few things that he mentioned oh yeah that and he was, just gets up great. and walks away in the middle of a park and yeah. he's just following him you know <laughs> i know you could just imagine like i suppose if you've to- told that many lies there probably is just something inside you that kind of just i don't goes dead yeah. or something you just cannot react to things around you yeah. at all anymore because there's no way you can talk yourself no, the out flight, of it's, just, it's pure flight it's at like, that point you know there's yeah it's a switch just but i could imagine that happening him just stopping talking and walking yep. away but the fact that the fact that your man had the balls though to actually go after him and be like yeah, yeah. is that yeah, not a fair question Jeff, to me. <laughs> <laughs> he was brilliant though but and then mm. as the series goes on everything starts to come under scrutiny and you know all of his claims are proving difficult. All of the Kieran Kelly's claims mm. are proving difficult to prove. Yeah. So I think, um, like you had said, you you got into six of the yeah. So those I, bonus episodes six, after that, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't listened to any of the bonus episodes yet. So I, yeah. I am looking for because so it kind of dipped for me a little bit. But I, I no, I don't actually think the quality got worse or anything like that. I think there was just maybe some there was so much information. I just I think the first episode just gripped me yeah, so much, and yeah. it was such an unbelievable story that this guy had apparently murdered thirteen people and gotten away with it uh, since nineteen fifty three, and and the fact that how he was found and everything else, it was really one of those you know strange yeah. and fiction stories. And then I suppose maybe just after that, the kind of the shock of that, it maybe dipped yeah. a little bit then. But then I really found that it, it came, it, it sort of came back up again. And I think it was episode, I can't remember, maybe it was five or six where they go back to his hometown and they're talking about like the, the body that they found is, or the skulls, sorry, the skulls that they found. In garden his, of his childhood home, that, yeah. That everyone kind yeah. of just, well, they, they didn't ignore it, but the fact that it was found and the guards were just uh, like, oh yeah, no, that's a donkey. Yeah, a, with a, donkey a human with head. <laughs> it's newsworthy. <laughs> and very, yeah, shoe. exactly. <laughs> what kind of shoe did he have? Like a, a ring one? No, a, a brogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a them. You know? Oh, and they they asked him as well. Rob Mulhern asked him. Oh, and that was, cr- oh, the story about the man, I can't even remember his name now, who had hired him. For a little while, that was when oh, I really the, started getting interested, and guy, that yeah. was 
Yeah, who also sounded lovely. Mm. And that was crazy how Rob Mulhern just happened to come across. Yeah, him. He, he was, was just doing a job for him house, or something yeah. like that, wasn't it? But, and he was working <laughs> on this documentary for yeah. years. So it, I really, I found around then that was when it, it I think it was just for, it seemed like, do you know what it was? It's like, it seemed like it was such a slog even for the journalists. Yeah. So, you know, they've been working on this for years and they've been going through so many things and so many dead ends. I think just listening to that, I, I almost started to feel a bit yeah. tired thinking about all what? the work that they went to. I think there's, there's this kind of um, tendency to, to just go for even numbers of episodes. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. they could have yeah. done in five what they did in in six. And it would have worked yeah. a bit better. I think they could have even possibly done it possibly, in four. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it would have been too, maybe they would have, maybe like um, the Ripper, see the Ripper, say for example now, now I don't know if the Nobis only short or maybe, but the Ripper only had four episodes, but I really felt like it covered it a did. lot yeah, in yeah. those four yeah. episodes. Yeah. And, and sometimes I find, yeah, with podcasts especially they do they can go yeah. on far too long sometimes i think so. i think towards the end of that one they were kind of finding new things based on the broadcast of the first episode almost and it was starting to right, feed yeah. back into it a little bit so it was kind of dragging itself in a way but mm. I, I thoroughly enjoyed. have you listened to the yeah i listened episodes? to the other two and uh they're kind of curiosities they're, the they're, 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 they're kind of like um like the appendix in the book. Here's some other interesting stuff okay. to happen. It is good and it's worth right. it's worth a listen, definitely. But the the story has largely been told in the first six episodes. But right. it's um, yeah, yeah. It, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it I think it's maybe like we said one episode too long, maybe two, but uh, mm-hmm. it's it it really engaging and just you know when you have a character like the Jeff Platt character and just and again it's 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 yeah. like I'm not comparing him in in in. Basically, in the in the Ripper documentary, when the guy um, uh, writes the sends the audio recording claiming to be the thing, claiming to be the Ripper himself, mm-hmm. and he kind of goes, the way yeah. ordinary people will insert themselves into a bigger story yeah. to belong to something, to be a part of something. Oh yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think you know the way Jeff Platt kind of exaggerated his role in something for attention and for kind of you know, oh, yeah, totally. and, you know, cracking yeah. the case and all of this stuff. Uh, but also yeah. there's just something about the way these horrible events and horrible stories and horrible people they're like magnets they draw they have a, they're, they're like they're like planetary thing they have people orbit around them they draw people towards them and yeah. you know and uh, and it's, it's there's just something awful about it but it's uh, it's really worth yeah. a listen I think I, I, uh, it yeah. really is and one thing actually uh, there was kind of there were some parallels between it and the Ripper in that the same way, you know, people kind of almost, even though it was in the news mm-hmm. a lot more, you know, obviously there was a big difference there, but the way, the flippant attitude, I suppose, to, that people had towards the um, prostitutes mm-hmm. that the Ripper yeah, killed. Yeah. And then with this, then one of the, and again, and this was probably something that I, I, I liked the most about the, the podcast. Was that, again, it wasn't just a true crime podcast. It was a little bit more about that. It was more mm-hmm. about, it was also like a comment on society at the time and how society views vulnerable people like yeah. homeless people and they spend quite a lot of time actually talking about mm-hmm. that which I really enjoyed and re- not enjoyed and really I suppose appreciated or you know I thought that was great that they did that and the fact and talking about people who came from Ireland to London at yeah, that time yeah. and how tough it was and you know a lot of these people did you know they don't they don't start out homeless they sure. don't start out yeah, alcoholics yeah. they don't start out yeah, people yeah. who will you know attack or rob or everything else that he did 
Not that everyone is no. like that, but uh, it's just the fact that they... You're drawn they closer went over to, to that, though, you know. And yeah, and they went over to find a new life, yeah. and then and people just forgot about mm. them. Like, I suppose the same as, you know, the way the police work has changed so much. Now, it would probably be harder for that to happen sure. because there's so many ways of keeping in touch. But at the time, that probably did yeah. happen where somebody went to London or England, lost. and you never yeah, heard from them again. Yeah, they're a couple hundred miles away, but they might as well be on the other yeah. side of the world. And, so that was kind of one of the saddest yeah. things and also the fact that, that maybe t- up to possibly 13 homeless people died yeah. and nobody knows. but then they were saying like how difficult it was to if they wanted to question him they'd have to physically go out and find him do you know yeah. what I mean and yeah. hope but he was at one of, the, yeah. one of his regular haunts at a time they were looking you know so just how difficult yeah. it was because it was the early 80s or from the 50s to the 80s when he was doing these apparently doing these crimes you know there's only of the 16 to 30 that he's been accused of mm-hmm. there's only real evidence of one i think so one or two the one he, yeah, the one he did in the cells the, the one in the cell yeah i suppose like, because there's the has was he convicted for the man that he threw in front of the train they they possibly. could never find that guy because they, right. they were they oh, were saying yeah, that, that uh, thing. that he, they he looked did, yeah enough, didn't and they, they, they had a guy that guy who he says he pushed in front of the train um died a couple of weeks later but there was no oh, mention okay. of that. Uh, but then, right. but then, there was something in the follow-up episodes where they they do track down that guy's real name. He he had mentioned somebody who who uh, he pushed in front of the train, and it turns out that he didn't kill him. Oh no, I'm getting okay. mixed up because all the stories he told about who he killed. And yeah, stuff like there was so that. many. But anyway, they yeah, they do I track down that guy, and about. it's it's not a murder at all. And okay. so it's it's just. Um, you know, people were saying that in the documentary, they were saying that, uh, or the podcast, they were saying that this is a guy who's coming towards the second half of his life and, you know, maybe just wants a roof over his head for the rest of it. Whether that's yeah. a prison or not, he doesn't want yeah, to be a very, possibly, he doesn't yeah. want to be an elderly homeless person and all that that entails. Yeah. So, you know, but it's, it's a fascinating The fact that he was, yeah, definitely. And the fact that he did murder mm. somebody with a pair of sacks yeah. in a cell when he was surrounded by policemen and there was a man in the cell as well, it kind of suggests yeah, that that, that can't be his first, first time. You know, you don't. Like that, you know, that's not a first murder type Yeah, I don't thing. think your first murder is about snoring. You know, that, that's yes. when you've done enough where it's kind of, <laughs> I will kill you for the slightest thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it just finished relatively recently. I think the, the most recent episodes went out just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah. fairly uh, it's a fairly new piece of work. So I'd, I urge yeah. people to check it out. It's it's really worth your time. Definitely. You know? Can I just say one final yeah. thing as well? Did you notice that detective, Detective Ian Brown, who was quite funny, mm. the main detective on yeah. the case in in London, um, constantly referring to homeless tramps, people as tramps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, is that is that still no? Okay because the first time he word? said it, I was going, ooh, you might want to rethink yeah. that one. You know, that's just. Yeah, but he just kept on saying because I kind of thought at first, oh, he's referring to them how they would have been referred yeah, to at the time. Yeah, but these are modern maybe, interviews. Just to give yeah, us some yeah. historical, yeah. yeah. But then he just kept saying it over and over again. Well, you know, well, he was a tramp. Yeah, you got to go. Yeah. Thinking, I thought, that's crazy that people. You must have been on a course about things that. to say in the police. Yes, <laughs> you know, you must say have, and yeah. not say. Maybe tramp wasn't high yeah, on the list, you know. But yeah, it, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I find it dips a little bit in the middle, but it overall, really. Strong yeah, there was um, there was another podcast that people mentioned in relation to it called Murder at Ice Lake, and it's it, so okay. it just reminded people of that podcast. It's uh, I think it's about uh, the murder of a, a Scandinavian woman, and it's right. it's made the BBC documentary, but it's supposed to be very good. So people were mentioning it cool. in the same okay. breath as um, 
as the no nobody's on. Oh, done. the one thing about the nobody's on, the the, the music, I, I, it drove me mad. The Christy I didn't realize it was you? Christy Moore at first, and then I was oh. kind of thinking, this sounds like somebody doing a bad pastiche of a of a drinking song, a folk drinking song. Oh, oh so you you had, had heard no, that song I, before? I, so I'd heard it before. I really liked that song, but I I do yeah. think they over kind of like in Succession as well. I yeah. love the theme tune to Succession. They used it yeah, too much yeah, in it's the like show. Red right hand and in what's that Peaky Blinders? If I never hear that song oh, again, yeah. I'll be all right. I've heard it enough. Yeah. But yeah, there was just something about the, the delivery of the lyrics in that song. When he says, uh, are you a spy? Do you remember that? And, and yeah. he goes, spy? And he, just the way he rattles that word out, oh, it just like, went through me. I just, I don't know. It, it just felt like a bad kind of, like somebody doing an impression of a, of a, drinking song I thought I thought it was written for the show I thought it was written for the yeah oh right yeah no I do like it I I like that song I heard it before but I think they overused it yeah I was skipping that by the end yeah Yeah, absolutely (laughs) all right so we're recommending that one too okay good Mm -hmm. stuff two for two this station is Kennington change here for strangulation mutilation and disfigurement this is your last stop thank you for traveling on the northern line what do you want me to tell you? Tell us the truth. I'm telling you the truth. You killed him. The Nobody Zone. The truth and legend of the Irish underground killer. A new six-part podcast from RTE. In the end, Kelly put his hands up to maybe 13, 14, 15 murders. Available wherever you get your podcasts. So our, our last our last um, item mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about is um, Apex Twins album called Selected Ambient Works Volume 2 and it is it was the second studio album by Apex Twin who is also known as Richard D. James because that is his real name it was released by Warp in 1994 and it was a follow up to his debut Selected Ambient Works 85 to 92 but the album differs in sound by being largely beatless ambient music and James claimed at the time that it was inspired by lucid dreaming and liking the music to standing in a power station on acid so will had never heard no, this I, well, album I, before I, so i thought or how I, you? I, as it turned out I, I did recognize bits of it i think yeah oh, did just, you? Okay. because they, i think only one of them on this particular version i listened to had a title uh right. you know they were all just yeah. one two three whatever it was but yeah so mm-hmm. go on you were going to say something there i think i cut you up you know, just that, that was yeah. my final uh, my final line there that he uh, likened to descending to in a power station on acid, which I thought yeah. was a really good uh, description for it. So I thought this might be a good one for yeah, you to I, have a listen to and see. Well, first of all, say I, I really liked it. Uh, it was... Um, oh, great. Do, do you know what? It was more straightforward than I thought it was going to be. I, I, okay. I, what were you expecting, first I, of all? Uh, you, would you, have you listened to a lot I, of... I've listened to... You know, the, obviously the, the more popular ones. I hadn't heard this before. I think I'd heard pretty much most of the stuff after this. So from right. the window, window liquor period onwards. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, and I think I, I, I lean more towards the window liquor style of thing that he does, where it feels more like a yeah. song in that sense, you know. And yeah. not, not that it has to, but it's, it's, a very, it's a very interesting song and it doesn't follow struct- traditional structure in that sense. But it has more of a structure, I guess, in that sense. And it's it's a bit mm-hmm. more musical, yeah. I think, in that way. I think I was Definitely, expecting yeah. something more atonal or something, or something a bit more... That, that just wouldn't have been as easy to listen to, or something more random right. and stuff like that. Now, that said, mm-hmm. it's a two-and-a-half-hour album. 
yeah. <laughs> so I did yeah. not I listen to, to all of that. I meant to actually tell you that um, beforehand, yeah. So, because I didn't at the time, because obviously I was listening to it on, on Spotify, which is obviously the CD version mm-hmm. of it. And so I just saw, you know, 24 tracks and I was thinking, well, that, that's quite a lot of yeah. songs on it. But obviously when it was released, it would have been two, two CDs, yeah. you know, but it's, CD one and two. It doesn't feel like... Um, I guess at the time it was made, so it's 94, so he's probably making it for mm-hmm. between 90 and 94, maybe something like that, just as a guess. That's like the guts of 30 years ago. So he, yeah. you know, technology, you know, he was obviously at, like, I think stuff that he was doing in that from a technical point of view are very simple to do today. Probably were not as simple okay, to yeah. do back then. And it had for mm. me, because I think I was expecting it to be, a tougher listen it's a very easy listen there's really nothing yeah. in there that's difficult or you know because you hear the stories about his gigs where he'd, he'd throw a microphone into uh into a blender and just have a bouncing off the <laughs> thing or he put a disc of sandpaper on the turntable and torture people with it and stuff like that but um <laughs> it's i was expecting something closer to those lines maybe but i was struck okay. by how simple it was and just it was very enjoyable and stuff like that but uh and i really liked it all i loved the the sounds i thought were great and i uh and i and i enjoyed the the repetitive nature of some of the tunes and stuff like that but there was a part of me that felt that this is a lot easier to do now than it was then right and i guess because i'm coming to it at a point where um I can't listen to it with those ears where I kind of go, I've never heard anything like this before. You know, I kind of right, missed that yeah. mode with it. So now I'm kind of listening to it going, yeah, these sound like demos. These sound like little plinky plonky demos that he made and he put them all together and put them out. Because the one thing that struck me was it doesn't sound like an album in the traditional sense. It just feels like a right, collection yeah. of bits and bobs. Do you know what nice. I mean? And it's like, because mm-hmm. I think like once he locks onto a little sequence or a little melody and He's just writing that out for eight minutes or whatever it might be. And it's and it, it, I, I liked every single bit of it that I heard. I think I listened to about two thirds of the, the record before I had to go do something else. But it was, uh, yeah, it's it was surprisingly unchallenging and it was surprisingly um, simple. Do you know what I mean? Right. And, okay. Uh, I, I was surprised to hear that description of it as being Beatles because there is percussion yeah, in it there that, is some stuff there yeah you know? that's something that i don't i don't actually yeah. agree with at all i think there are beats in it and i think it's because uh, that's one of the things it's, it seems like what's happened i only you know heard it in the last i think it was you know, two years ago that that i heard it maybe a year and a half ago and i was, I was the same i would have only re- i would always liked fx trains but it was kind of you know it was more the um window liquor type ear those those songs that, that were a little bit different that I'd be kind of used to and I hadn't listened to a lot of his mm. work so it was only in the last couple of years that I started listening to the ambient works volume one and then volume two mm. afterwards and I loved it but I was going through and sort of still am I suppose a very ambient music okay. um, style that that was kind of what mm. I was into at the time and I, and I was listening to the field a lot mm. as well which I know is slightly different but it kind of has no, I, that I, I sort of that, yeah. so you know the, it's slightly kind of similar tone to it but one thing I do love about it but what seems to have happened you know that when, when it was released first of all that it wasn't really well received okay. at all and people were kind of calling it beatless and a bit lifeless and all that but it's only it's now in retrospect mm. that people are kind of especially music critics and that like I think Pitchfork said that it was you know it changed ambient music forever basically okay. and, and different things like that so it seems like it's much more more well received now than it was back then but it's interesting that you said that about because I suppose because I don't know anything about music or how to make music or anything like that I I wouldn't know that that 
that it's it's you know it's quite easy to make. Well, I, I only mean from now. a technical point of view, but he. Yeah. But also, yeah. I mean, it's not technically in terms of playing. It's not difficult at all. But none of that stuff matters because, you know, the, I was listening to it going. Yeah, like I've made bits and pieces of music like this over the years, and I'm not saying it's as good or anything like that. But I don't think I don't think there's anything in that album that that I would listen to. Where I went, that is amazing. I kind of listen mm-hmm. and go, I like it. It's good. It's enjoyable. But it's not yeah. knocking me on my backside, you know. You know, and I'm, but I'm very surprised that this is his second album as such. And it's, yeah, second studio. But album, they yeah. they feel like two compilations he's put out do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's not like yeah. it's not like say the is it the drugs album that he has i'm not sure how to pronounce it i think it's drugs is that the is a d-r-u-c-k-x right. or something like that okay uh, yeah I, oh yeah i know the one you're talking about yeah yeah i don't know how to pronounce oh, let's it let's see <laughs> d-r-u-k-q-s that's how do you pronounce that mm-hmm. um but i think that feels like more of an album in, in the traditional sense in that he's kind of yeah uh there is actually a website, yeah, how do you pronounce it? You know? How do you pronounce uh, it, yeah. Yeah, there's so many of his songs and albums that I just have no idea how to pronounce. apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, I must have heard that. Or I, drug I cues, but, um, people are saying drug cues, drug use. There you oh, go. Oh, right, yeah. Anyway, that <laughs> yeah. seems like more of an album insofar as it feels like... Um, like it has a unifying style a little bit. These all seem relatively disparate kind of bits of music that he, like I it wouldn't be surprised if he had a big chunk of those at the same time he did the first record and just grooved them. Well, up. I think that's probably possibly yeah. what happened as well is that he. It seems like he's he was making music. I think he was really young yeah. when he did this. I think he was only in his early twenties. But apparently, you know, he was making music since he was fifteen or sixteen. And, and he, he's given a lot of interviews where you know you don't really know whether he's taking yeah, this or absolutely. not. And he, he gave one interview at one stage where he said, you know, by the time he was twenty five, he he'd made a thousand songs or something. Yeah. So people never knew whether he was really, you know, he was really being serious. But anyone enough, can but do that. He can make a thousand like, songs. That just would it be any good? You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but it, it kind of did seem like it was you know he had he probably had been oh, yeah, working on these so. for a long time or he had them you know from however many years back and picked them out but but the one thing that i think is a bit of a pity that because I, I really really like the album and again i think it's just it's so good at creating mm. a mood and yeah i know what you mean there's probably no like there's a couple of songs that really stand out for me i, I so i thought i like the whole feel of the mm. album it's like from the cover to the songs to everything like the cover yeah, even yeah. itself is quite cryptic you know where it's, it's almost like because I know now, you know, on Spotify you see the name FX Twin mm. Ambient Works or whatever. But there are some covers where there's no yeah, name yeah, at all. Yeah. It's just you know, it's just the logo and that. And apparently that logo is that he he sketched that logo into a briefcase and somebody took a photo oh, of okay. it. And that's what the, the cover actually is. But it's you know when you look at it, first of all, it almost looks like it's some sort of alien thing that was found yeah. you know years ago. And it's kind of between that and the songs not having any titles yeah. as well which i quite like it sort of just adds to this whole cryptic yeah. feel of it but there's a couple of them that really stand out for me that number three anyway that's called it's i don't know if it's him or his fans have kind of named oh, some okay. of the songs and number three they call it rhubarb and number seven which apparently is known as um a curtains and then there's some other ones then like number 15 and number 18 but that I thought that 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 way that he described it actually again, even though in, in some ways he's probably taken the piss where he, he described it as um, standing in a power station on acid. He was saying yeah. that what he meant by that is like if you're in something, you know, something like that that's so powerful and just kind of feeling that the presence yeah. of that and kind of this sort of weird presence and sort of feeling the hum of it. And I suppose that's kind of how 
because I, I, I spoke when I first heard this I listened to it a lot over you know over a month or two and then kept going back to it and like you know when we'd be out like in the car or walking whatever we'd always have it on in the background and there's just something about I think Aphex Twin and, and some mm-hmm. some other um, artists as well but in particular him who's he's really really good at creating this kind of tone and creating a mood that can be quite eerie yeah. and quite but but it's never for me anyway it doesn't stray into total dark really because there is some kind of dark very dark ambient music mm. out there but i don't think this kind of goes into yeah, that yeah. realm at all i think it's more it can be eerie and it can be kind of a bit sort of um dreamlike and a bit sort of um slightly disturbing but it doesn't it doesn't go into the the dark spectrum yeah. i suppose in a way but it also like and then there's other times where you know it sounds like it could be uh, a film yeah i was just gonna say that it, it does have you know, that feel to it but i like how minimal it is and i guess that's the the nature yeah. of um ambient music in that sense but it's not overdone it's just very tastefully put together mm. and i think what i really liked about it was I, and i was thinking about it going this this sounds like something you could make today but the idea that he made it 30 years ago at a, at a time yeah. when you know it was expensive to do it was you know computers mm-hmm. were very much not up to the job and it's just you know how he was able to make something as as good and as clean as that you know 30 years ago is it's pretty impressive but uh, yeah. i think he's an incredibly interesting character you know um yeah and i think there's a lot of probably um mythology built up around him he's one of those kind of characters and he probably oh, built yeah. up half of himself and then you know yeah. normally he's the kind of artist that i don't like in that people kind of um exaggerate him and you know mm-hmm. the, the genius idea you know that you know I don't know. I just I always find that tough, but he is. Um, <coughs> I think he's genuinely one of those people. I think he's just doing, just working at a different frequency to everyone else, and I just think he's oh de- he's yeah, incredibly interesting definitely. the way he works. You know, yeah, and it, even if he is you know, taking the piss in his interviews, you can just tell that there's just, he's just that bit, little bit more yeah, different <laughs> than everybody else. You know, and I think that that really comes. It really comes across in his music. I don't know how, and like I would have thought that even without having seen, I haven't seen that many interviews no, with him. I, I haven't read. I don't know I, if I've read any of them I've at read all. But. One. I read one. I might have been the Sunday Times. I'm gonna guess ten years ago could have been more, and it was fascinating just just reading about mm-hmm. him. It was just cause it's so rare to be able to read anything about him, but just struck me as incredibly interesting. He's just gonna do whatever he wants to do. And if people like it, he yeah. genuinely seems like he doesn't care. It seems like he could be making a lot more money for himself if he wanted to. But I'm just looking here. Apparently, yeah. he's worth 12 million. So I don't know how that happened. But it's, you know. Oh, right. Um, okay. Yeah. But maybe that's not true. But I mean, he's he's been able to carve this living out of this, what seems on the surface, very uncommercial music, you know. But yeah. it's very melodic at the same time. There was nothing difficult yeah, no, to listen to. Yeah, no, there's definitely... So, like number three and number um, seven, especially. And the one thing I think is a real pity, and I sent it to you earlier on, and um, that, that song called Stop Oh, yeah, Focus, that was great. I yeah, I like that. was initially number 19. So that was on the original vinyl mm-hmm. uh, record. And then, uh, and it was on his website, he says this as well, on the Warp Music uh, website, the, the label that's released it. And it seems to be FX Twin, who's their, um, James that's, that's talking about this. But... Uh, uh, they took it off, or he took it off because there wasn't enough space on CD. Yeah. Of all the songs, yeah. and, and but I don't know if this is kind of added to it because I heard it and I thought it was great. It's probably if it was on the album, it probably would be my favorite yeah, song yeah. on the album. And it's just such a pity because you can't get it on Spotify because they just rip it off the CDs, right, whatever okay, yeah. you know is in whatever is on yeah. the CD is going to be on Spotify. So it's really hard. Well, apparently, to, there's is really... there quite a few versions of the album around. There know. is. 
Yeah, well, there's and, and there's a there's a, a good cover of Stone and Focus on Spotify as yeah. well, which is quite good. But it it seems like because even on his website he talks about Stone and Focus, so he just comes calls it number nineteen, and he says he thought this was lost mm. because he had to take it right, off okay. the CD, and he was really afraid that the recording was lost. I don't even know how that could happen. Yeah. Anyway, so he found it. It was like he just found it in his. his it's suitcase surprisingly easy like to lose things. Do you know what I mean? Like I I lost. Yeah, may um, I. Like I suppose yeah. when it when it because it was recorded in ninety four yeah, as yeah. well things it's not like it's now where it's, everything's digital everything or just the master like got, got lost you know particularly digitally you yeah but um yeah I yeah. mean I I thoroughly enjoyed it and I am going to listen to all of it uh, I, I think I got up to about sixteen or seventeen tracks still seven to go right you know? yeah no it's quite yeah it is it's quite long I how many times did you uh, listen to it Two I months, I it? D- listened to it twice. But I got pretty much to the same point each time. I haven't heard the whole thing. Okay, yeah. yeah. I actually would normally, even though I was listening to it so much over the space of a couple of months, I would normally get to number yeah. 12. And then I would sort of start well, listening to it again after that. I kind of naturally stopped at the end of the first Yeah, CD. it's two hours, 37 minutes long. So that would have been, yeah. that <laughs> would have been closer to three CDs. Cause I think 80 minutes was most you could get onto yeah. a CD back then, you know. Yeah, it was eighty. Yeah, I know. Such but a, it's uh, but well. yeah, but, he's a brilliant artist, I think, and he's one of those people I think deserves the title artist. He's uh, but I also love his yeah. the, the way he's branded himself with that symbol and yeah. the look in his videos yeah. and stuff like that. Well, it's his nineties mm-hmm. videos because there was I guess there was only two or three of them uh, that kind of became relatively popular. But I think he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I don't, I don't Thanks. always love his music, but I think he is. He mm. is brilliant at what he does. He's just a real one-off, you know. And there's not many people yeah. you can say that about, you know. Definitely. Cool. That was great. That's I really great. enjoyed that. So, so you, I thoroughly recommend brilliant. it to anyone who wants to check it out. Brilliant. So three out of three. Yeah. That's a lot of things we've We're starting 2021 right. You yeah, know? with <laughs> yeah. that bang. Yeah. <laughs> Give people something to look forward um, to. Yeah. 2021 and everything's um, so, crap. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of things that you've been watching recently, yeah, that you'd I, I like made to a recommend. quick note of a couple of things. I started watching uh, on your recommendation and our friend Dave's recommendation, watching Euphoria the other night, and I really, yeah. really, I'm on the last episode. Well, the last of the eight, oh. and there's there's two bonus episodes. I think there's two, and there's two bonus. Well, I've only seen one. I there's, think there is. Or it's a part just two coming out. Yeah. Coming out. And it's really good. And like I was saying to you before, I watch accidentally watched that mm. first. I thought that was supposed to be the first episode. And honestly, I actually think it yeah. works. The whole series works a lot okay. better when that right. episode is for it. Just because it's that it's a totally different. You yeah. know when you see it anyway, but it's a totally different tone yeah. than the rest of the episodes. Now, I don't think you're going to think it's as good right. as I okay. thought it was because it was well, the very first thing I saw. And now you're so used to this, you know, real kind of high in these. Well, episodes, I, w- I watched you know, so um, the first episode, and I think I was texting you going, "Is it?" Is it constantly miserable like this all the way through? Yeah, because what I happened was you weren't gonna like it. <coughs> I watched that. I watched episode two, which I thought was was better. Really enjoying it. Like I was enjoying it all the way through, but then I was streaming it, so somebody had mislabeled episodes three and four. So I watched four before I watched three. Four oh, is the big okay, carnival right. episode where a lot happens. Oh, and uh, yeah, and I remember thinking great. this yeah. has just stepped up a gear really quickly. I think. Yeah. <coughs> but it was an amazing episode. It was one of the best things I've it's seen really, in a long so time. So that's episode four. I think so. Yeah, no, the co- the, just the way yeah. it looked and the colours. I think the way it's shot. Have you seen that film Waves? Uh, like you recommended it. It's on. Tray, I have it on a note of my phone. It, 
the way the, the camera mm. moves and the shots and kind of reminds me that this is again it's kind of upper yeah. level in terms of you know the, the colours and the music and all of that but the way it, um, Sam Levinson uses the music and, and the, the shots and the edits and all that sort of stuff it's it's quite yeah. similar so I don't know if that's like a style yeah, that's I, really taking off but it's it's uh, I, I yeah. love it though, I'm, I'm really I enjoying it going I, I, quickly yeah from, I'm really enjoying it I think I'd like um some of the characters are a bit too pure evil, and you know, but uh, yeah. but it is very mm. good. I'm really enjoying it. It's one of the best things I've seen in a while. I'm listening to an album called yeah, Late Checkout by a guy called Dent May, who I really like. It's a very West Coast kind of '70s pop record. It's really good. And oh, uh, nice. I'm reading a book by the lead singer and songwriter of Wilco, Jeff Tweedy. He's written a book called How to Write One Song, and he's trying to encourage people to oh. write a song. And just if you can do oh. one. You know, because, you know, people don't write albums, they write songs. You write a song, it's a three-minute song, and you break it down into its parts, and, you know, he's trying to make it more uh, approachable for people. I gave it as a gift to a friend of mine for Mm. Christmas, and um, uh, I think it's a great little thing. There's loads of great little bits that I'm getting out of it as someone who's, you know, not writing their first song, but there's still loads to learn from it. But I think, um, yeah, they're they're the things I've been enjoying so that's far. great i might get is that sorry is that a podcast or an album uh, the jeff tweedy thing is a, is a book yeah it's a tiny little book, it's a book. yeah jeff okay. how to write right. one song and it's a it's a okay. tiny little book and uh but it's great really good he says if you right. can if you can pull okay. off a beret you can you can write a pop song <laughs> that's one of his oh uh, you know what yeah. Oh, that's a pity because I was just about to say I think I'm gonna get back. and then I you, you know over pull this off a berry. and I'll try and I'll try yeah but I don't know what a bear is a French hat you know like a French hat with a little little thing on it uh, yeah, sorry a bear and I just tend to rush my berries together sometimes a beret a beret um, yeah so that's but, um, what I've been enjoying what right, about you that's, that's that's great yeah so I was I was watching Euphoria which was great and then I so over this week then I've been watching like I said classic films and when I say classic films it's more like films that everyone else I know mm. has seen and I haven't so the first night was Before Sunrise which I really enjoyed mm. you know I was kind of you know I'd heard a lot about it I'd seen a lot about it when you watch the act. Yeah. I think I would watch Before Sunset anyway because I would like to see what happens to the characters and I've heard that it's quite yeah, good it you know good. that it's, yeah. it's you know it's as good as the first third one's one, a so, big round I really liked her <laughs> okay I, yeah the third one's always yeah. good the Don't third one third just one. never seems to be good but uh, yeah so I might watch that and then last night I watched her for the oh, first time the film with Joaquin Phoenix which is I love great. that film it's pretty much just like a Black Mirror yeah, episode yeah. That just with really good acting really and, and it looked it. amazing yeah, and the colours and everything brilliant. else the only thing I thought about it even though Scarlett Johansson obviously has a great voice and it's you know um, she's kind of I suppose in some way apart from her looks is also known for her voice I kept imagining yeah, her in yeah, my yeah. head as he was speaking to her that was the only thing and I kind of thought I wonder would have been better if, if it was an yeah. unknown but anyway that, apart from that and that's um, Spike Jones isn't tonight, it then I have Spike to, Jones yeah. it's by Jones yeah yeah and then um, uh, listening wise what have I been listening to I've actually been listening to the Euphoria okay. soundtrack because yeah the music I love the music it is amazing. it was and incredible yeah and this because it, it's that guy Labyrinth mm. who was out years ago and I always thought was really was really really mm. good and didn't get the recognition right. he deserves so I'm delighted now that he's because he's obviously kind of yeah. compo- composed the whole but it's the score and, and the, the, the I guess what you call the needle drop kind of songs that they've brought in from other places and yeah. stuff like that I just thought the yeah. whole thing was the yeah. music was such a big part of it for me particularly that fourth yeah. episode it had this string kind of thing this kind of stompy oh, yeah. kind of string march thing that was yeah. undercutting the whole thing and I just thought it was amazing so yeah yeah no, absolutely great. brilliant and in, ter- 
in terms of books I've just ordered American Dirt because I've heard so many people talking about it now um, I think it's set in Mexico and I think it's about a family who have to go okay. over the border but I've heard a lot of people talking about it now and um, I would like to get back into reading actual yeah. books because I've been listening to books for so long I find yeah. I'm actually finding it quite difficult to sit down yeah. and read a book but it's so lovely to be able to do I, that so I'm, I order that book, I want to so. get back into reading a bit more fiction I've been reading like mu- music yeah, biographies well, I read a Steely Dan yeah. biography that just seemed like it was a miserable yeah. existence being in Steely Dan, but I read the whole thing and they just right. never seemed right, happy with right, anything, okay. even though their music is right. so good, but they just seemed, well, up to a point, they just seemed so miserable about the whole thing. Didn't enjoy it one bit. They oh, really? Just, That's so yeah. funny that that you that you listen that, that steely band is a steely steely band <laughs> steely band that <laughs> you girl, like steely band <laughs> steely dad is one of your top five albums because i think in october september october um shane started listening to them and i was kind of taking the piss out of him for it because it's so that's what songs, happens especially things like my i got steely dance best of when i was about 18 and my brothers and sisters used to hide it from me they love they love them now but they thought it was so crap they used to hide it yeah, now I have to say, since then, I've definitely come around. There's a couple of songs like Black yeah. Cow. I, like one morning I woke up yeah. with that in my head. They're and I thought, so oh, catchy. It's got me. So good, it's yeah. got me, yeah. And, and like they seem like they're obviously really good Incredible. musicians and everything else. But yeah, definitely, they seem to take mm. themselves very But I, on some of their, <laughs> on some of their songs, songs. They, uh, they're not even playing on them. There might be the singer is playing on them, but they just get in these okay. session musicians to play the parts better than they could. So they write all the songs, mm-hmm. write all the music. They just get the best people in right. to play them, you know. So yeah. that's a good yeah, idea. Absolutely, yeah. uh, they get all the credit. Why <laughs> bother yeah. doing it yourself? They they, they kind of liken it to being a director, you know. So right. like they've written the script and now okay, they're putting yeah. on the, the show, but they're not going to play every part, you know. So right, yeah, but, yeah, that makes. So sense. yeah, so that's that's all. They're all our recommendations. Right. Who wrote that book? You American Dirt? Do you know American Dirt? Um, I think it's Janine okay, Cummings. Okay. I could have totally made up that. It's <laughs> a good one. It so sounds sounds, re- sounds realistic. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, that should be coming yeah. soon. So I will let you know how I get on with that. Janine there Cummings. There you go. Yeah, Janine <laughs> Cummings is her name. But, An um, Oprah's yeah, book club pick. Nice. Yeah. And also, I've just seen... Oh, yeah. See, and I've also seen that there's a new um, series that's just started on Netflix. And it's called The uh, Night Crawler. The Night something. It's a documentary oh, series. Oh, yeah. It seems to be about it, another... The Night Crawler. Another another, he was like around the same time as Zodiac, I think. Yeah, Serial oh, Killer. Oh, yeah. okay. Right. Yeah. So that yeah. might be good. And also, I think Euphoria so. Season 2 is starting relatively soon, I think. Yeah. So maybe we'll yeah. we'll do an episode so on Euphoria, great. go into a bit more detail about it at some time. But yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah, I think I think we've 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 done it. Gonna, yeah, that's yeah. it. God, first there time. There you go. How long? Yeah. That's so that's okay. an hour and 20. That's plenty for people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, yeah. <laughs> what do they want from us here? Um, so we'll figure out what more. we're going to do next and uh, we'll... We'll just do it. And then people will be up there. People will know. Yeah, that all our all listeners know. Four then, or five yeah. of our listeners know. We could have a listening party to our podcast in a car. Yeah. <laughs> Fit everyone into a fairly big car. Yeah. <laughs> our entire audience. It doesn't even have to be no. that big. It's like a van. A mini van, maybe. A big ta- yeah, or one of those yeah, big taxi. carriers. <laughs> yeah. All right. But well, we'll hopefully do this a bit more regularly. So maybe maybe we'll do it again next week, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Great. Okay. All right. All until right. then. Bye. Bye. Yeah, as as creepy as ever. Oh,